What's up, family? He is risen indeed. I was, um, this morning, I told you I was hyped this morning. That hasn't changed. I'm still hyped. But I think um, the thing that I'm most hyped about is we all have rhythms to our day, to our life. We have the rhythms in our soul. We have rhythms in a year. And something that I was more aware of today than I have been in years past, that this unique day is a part of not just my rhythm. Christine and I yesterday were walking out of a um, a reception for Michael and Maya. And we, and Christine was like, I don't think I can remember an Easter in which I wasn't at church. I was like, I don't want to remember an Easter where I'm like, like, I don't care if I'm out of town with a broken leg. I need to like crawl my way to somebody's sanctuary. Like, (laughs) because it's a part of the rhythm of the church. It's a part of our shared rhythm. There's something about this Sunday where regardless of what was happening with you last Sunday or the Sundays before and regardless about what, regardless of what will be happening even next Sunday, there's something about this Sunday that's just a part of who we are. And the only way that I can put it this morning is like this is the whole reason for all of this. The whole reason this building is at this corner is because of resurrection. The whole reason why songs and hymnals have been written for centuries is because of resurrection. Because of the resurrection of our Lord, you and I get to break out of our challenges and still have joy, still have hope. And that first resurrection is this constant reminder that resurrection is happening all the time. Not just on Sundays. Listen, resurrection is happening on Wednesday (laughs) on 131 while you're stuck in traffic. (laughs) But this is the day that we remember it. The title of the sermon is Life, Forever Full. We'll be in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Before we get to that, I'm going to pray again because I just like praying. And then uh, we'll jump in. Our Father, our God, you're good. We thank you for your word which you have left for us. It's not just the letters on the page or the screen that are important. It is your character, your heart, 
your values, your desires left for us to live by, walk in, and apply to our life. Today is no different. Yes, it's a celebration. We absolutely will keep on being hype about your resurrection. But, Lord, we still want this to transform our lives, even in our celebration. So let everything that is said be glorifying and honoring to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, Okay. I have had a switch in the last year of my life. I have, I'm changing it for the record, family. I have said for a long time that Matthew was my favorite gospel. It's John now. (laughs) Okay, wait. (laughs) Okay, which I'm sure in like three years it'll be Luke. But (laughs) I've come to the conclusion that it has to do with whatever I'm in, (laughs) whatever season I'm in in my life, that like whatever gospel is my favorite. John is my favorite. I spent time on Thursday reading through John 13 through 18, which is one evening, (laughs) and it's like six chapters. We were reflecting on that in Bible study, like that's like the longest night in the Bible, is the night where Jesus was arrested, right? There's so much that's happening in John, but so much of how we live and love one another is in these verses, and John chapter 10 is no different. (laughs) And throughout this whole Easter sermon series, it's been, yes, we're celebrating the resurrection. Yes, we're talking about God coming up from the grave, but something happened as a result of Jesus' resurrection. That's just a doorway into something. Right? Yes, it's the, it's one, it is the pivotal moment in human history. Got it. But it's a doorway into something that God has desired for us from the beginning. And that's what today is about. Jesus is teaching, and he's teaching about something that we might not necessarily immediately apply to resurrection, but we will today. He says in John chapter 10, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. You're like, okay, wait a minute. That's not Eastery. I know. Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Okay. I got you. We're going to get there. But the one who enters the, through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. I want you to see this picture because most of the time when we start talking about sheep and shepherds in Scripture, oftentimes, especially in sermons, we start examining the sheep, <laughs> right? Like we look, we start talking about the character of sheep. We start talking about what they need and what they don't. And that's not wrong. If you want to do research on what sheep need to live, go for it. That's not what we're talking about today. We're actually talking about, once you go to the next picture, we're talking about the shepherd. I'm going to zoom in real quick for you so you can see what I'm talking about because it's going to get a little distorted. But I want you to go to the next picture because 
this is really not about, when Scripture talks about sheep and shepherds, it's really not about sheep. And I know that there's some things that we could glean from learning about how sheep function with one another. I'll let you Google and Wikipedia that on your own. When Scripture talks about the relationship between shepherds and sheep, it's primarily focused on the shepherd. Because God's people were to be cared for and led by other people who were ordained and equipped by God to care for them. And the closest thing they could mirror was sheep and shepherds. Like that's, like that's, it was just an analogy. Like, hey, just like sheep need a shepherd, y'all need somebody to care for you. And that's how this supposed to, this is how that's supposed to be. It's really about the shepherd. Trust me, every time you read in scripture where Jesus starts talking about shepherd, most of the times he's mad. <laughs> he's angry. I mean, disappointed. All right. He's disappointed with the fact that the ones who are supposed to be caring for God's people are not doing it. And they needed to see what happens when God's people are not cared for. And it's very similar to what happens when sheep are not cared for. He continues, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognizes his voice and come to him. This is the shepherd coming in the gate, right? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. I need y'all to stay with me. Yep, Mama can't say we got to say it again. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. If you're lost, don't worry. The next verse says, those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what, they, what he meant. <laughs> you ain't the only one, right? <laughs> but even before I move on to Jesus explaining it, I want us to pause there for a second. Most of us would just breeze past that little verse and not let that sink in. For those of us who, read, who try to read the Bible in the morning, or in the afternoon at lunch, or in the evening, and you fall asleep after 10 words, don't be ashamed of it. I know that's hard sometimes to hear, but Jesus was dropping some really complex and sometimes very challenging things. All of Scripture is that way. Most of us did get discouraged when we're starting this journey of reading Scripture because, oh, I don't immediately get it. So then that means then something's wrong with me, something's wrong with it. <laughs> and neither are true. 
Sometimes we need someone to explain it. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep didn't listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and I will find and will find good pastures. This is a portion of scripture that we oftentimes kind of get out of context. But I'm going to read it and we'll talk through it. The thieves the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Oftentimes it's not necessarily like wrong, but oftentimes we, we attribute that thief to Satan. And that's not exactly what this portion of Scripture is talking about. Remember, this is a relationship between the sheep and the shepherds, right? The people who, are, who were equipped to lead and care for God's people and God's people. And so, so far, the, the, so far the bad guys that we have seen are thieves and robbers. And then Jesus talks Excuse me, uh, we see robbers, but now we see this thief. Their purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I'm actually going to read the King James version of this too, because some of us, we, we, came, we know, we came up with the King James version, right? <laughs> the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy, I come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Some of us needed to hear that. Yeah. I, was pl- I, was in, I was in my office like, some of y'all going to need to hear the cometh. Okay. Some of you need the cometh. And it's specifically that wording that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I already said before, this sermon series is a little bit different. I want to, res- I want to celebrate the resurrection, but I want to actually get to what happens as a result of the resurrection. The result of the resurrection is this. We have life more abundantly. We have full life. And full life, it doesn't all, like, full life can be a complex thing to even try to wrap our minds around. Sometimes we start thinking about full life and it's like, I'm going to have everything I want. So when I'm in Jesus, I should never have my car break down because the Spirit of God is moving through my transmission. (laughs) Nah, I'll tell you that now. You can talk to anybody who's been a Christian for more than five minutes. Your car will still break down. (laughs) that can't be what it is some of us are like if I'm walking in God then full life means that I'll never struggle financially listen anybody who's ever lived in Christ for more than a decade we will tell you that there are dips in our financial stability (laughs) and so that cannot be what this means it also can't be what it means because everybody who was in Christ in all of Acts Romans and all the other things in the New Testament none of them had it easy too full life does not mean simple that's not what it means and I know sometimes we try to sell each other on that oh I gave my life to Christ and now I ain't never been sad ever again in my life you're lying if you're not sad 
just because you're in Christ, then that means you just turned your emotions off. Because there's a lot in life to be sad about. As a matter of fact, there's some things that aren't even happening to us personally that we need to grieve over because of Christ. Because of this relationship with Christ, I should feel something. When my sisters and my brothers are around the world are, can't even say Jesus out loud, I should feel something as a result of that. And it's not happiness. Doesn't mean my joy is taken. But full life doesn't mean none of my problems, all of my problems are gone. So I needed to, for myself, y'all can borrow it. I tell people, you can try this on. If it fits you, then you can keep it. If not, then go to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit what full life means for you. But what full life means is fully present now. Neither anxious about the future nor haunted by the past. It's the ability. See, like, when you really think about what eternity is, it's not the idea of never ending. It's the idea that time doesn't matter. Eternity means time is irrelevant. That's the real point. of It goes away. It's not about not aging. It's not about my back not having issues. It's not about my hair not changing colors. It's not about any of those things. It's to say time really doesn't matter for me. That's what eternity means. And the only way to experience that is to have enough peace to where what's going to happen in the future, I don't have to be anxious about that. And what happened to me in the past, it doesn't mean that it has no impact. It doesn't mean that I'm not still grieving or healing or becoming more whole. It just means I'm not defined by it. I'm not running away from it. When I need to process it, I process it. When I don't need to process it, I don't. It doesn't have control over me. I get to be fully present right now. Because time doesn't matter to me. And I want us to just for a second, I know I said try it on, but I want you to just sit there with that for a moment. What does it mean for you to not wake up in the morning already worried about your meeting? What does it mean to put your head on your pillow and go to sleep not replaying that conversation over and over and over and over and over and over and over. It waking you up at 2.34 in the morning and you are playing it over and over. What does it mean to have such a settle in your life? That even though your bank account is low, And bills are due. And you're not sure quite yet where groceries are going to come from. You can, instead of working yourself up, turn on some music and dance in your living room. 
Some of y'all are like, I ain't never even tried that. What? I don't really dance very much. Just spin around. It's fine. No. Whatever it is, I'm not saying you got to dance. I ain't saying you got to do anything. I'm just saying ultimately there's something about life that Christ is promising us that says the things that you have been taught to be anxious and or worried and or scared about and the things that your neighbors might be scared and or anxious about and the things that your parents and your siblings keep telling you you should be worried and anxious and scared about, you're not. Not because they don't matter. It's just to say, I get to be fully present right now. And that might not fit you. But let me tell you what, having that definition, I can say for myself, has allowed me to be able to be with God and be with people fully. And that, I feel, is just this taste of eternity and that time doesn't matter so I can just be with you right now the same God that held it together before I was born will hold it together next week so let me just be with you sis let me just be with you bro neither anxious about the future nor haunted by the past Jesus switches gears I am the good shepherd Remember, we're talking about the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, which means the one caring for God's people and God's people. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now you see the Eastery part? I told you we was going to get there. I told you we was going to get there. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. If you need to know who Satan is in this picture, it's the wolf. It's not the thief. It's the wolf. He will abandon, listen, right? The ones that are not the good shepherd will abandon when trouble comes. They will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. <laughs> and, to, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Family, some of us don't come around Christian community because we've been scattered by some hired hands. Amen. Amen. I know, listen, okay, here we enter into tension. We don't run away from it. We don't try to go around it. It's Easter. Some of us have been hurt by church. And hurt by leaders. And legit, the only time I want to be at church is on Easter. That's the only time. I'm just being honest. Some of us, that's, who, that's our story. I've been so hurt by hired hands, by people who are not actually caring for God's people, and the flock has scattered. So many of us have more than just church hurt. We have church trauma. And the idea of being in the parking lot, let alone in the building, causes an anxiousness inside of us that we would rather not experience. That's, that's what this portion of Scripture is describing. The shepherds, the hired, the hired hands, 
They have not cared for the sheep. The result of that happening is that the flock scatters. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money. <laughs> Come on, some of y'all listen. See, when we put it in this context, it, makes, it, gets, it gets real, right? Some of these hired hands only working for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I need you to see this picture because I told you, like, the first bad guy was the robber. But the second is the higher hand. You have that next picture for me? Yes. I know. It's not like it's not deep, right? Y'all thought it was going to be something real elaborate and real beautiful. It's clip art. It's clip art. The higher hand, though. Some of y'all have gone through a fast food drive-thru, and you get the meh face. Right? You're at a restaurant. What you want? Okay, and we have a real big family. Like, our family is a family of six. So by the time we get to the third order, they're like, will that be all? Will that be all? Will that be all? Eli, no. Okay, listen, I told you when I drove up to this window, I have a big order. Will that be all? Fam, I'll let you know when I'm done. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? But it's because they don't care. All right, and I'm just, listen, I'm sure there's a whole lot of reasons why they don't care. Some of us are like, march with the people who work in, in fast food restaurants because they need to get paid better. Maybe if they got paid better, they'd care more. I'm for that. Yes. Yes. Right? <laughs> But ultimately, ultimately, the point is they don't care. That's the point. And so listen, I know this is really hard to take in sometimes, but some of us have been scattered by hired hands. We're struggling in our relationship with God, but it's not because the good shepherd. It's because there's a hired hand that it was only there for themselves, only there, if, if, even if it wasn't for the money, it was for their own prestige. It was for their own sense of power and dominion over other people. It was for their own sense of authority, and we've been scattered, but there's a good shepherd. Amen. That's different than that. That's the whole point of this analogy Jesus is making, is that there are people who will come in this church to rob to steal, to destroy, and even if they're not that malicious, they just don't care. And you will be scattered by them. Some of us have not yet recovered from that scattering. I just, listen, you know, you know your story. You know who you are. You know where you are with it. And 
And I want that to kind of be like a little bit of a crucifixion for us, a death. The beauty of Resurrection Sunday is that we get to connect dots of these deep wounds and these deep pains to death. And also walk away with the hope that it's not the end of the story. This is not the last portion of scripture we'll look at today. But I do want you to stay there for a little bit like a Saturday. I do want you to stay there for a little bit and let that bubble up to the surface of your thinking. When you felt rejected by that pastor or that first lady or that board member or that Sunday school teacher, when they told you because of the sin pattern that you had that you weren't able to actually be a part of the family anymore, as opposed to just helping you through it. I ain't talking about when they told you you couldn't sing on the worship team. That's different. That's not church trauma. That's just you finding your spot. <laughs> okay. Listen, some of y'all was like, they told me I couldn't help build the children's wing. Listen, you don't know how to use a screwdriver. Okay. <laughs> no, you can't help down here. <laughs> just go pray for it. No. <laughs> no. I'm talking about not just rejecting your skills, but rejecting you. We don't want you here because you don't fit what we want. We don't want you here because you keep making mistakes. That should be like a little death. But he continues. Jesus isn't like that. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my father knows me, and I know my father. That's close. <laughs> so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. So if you've been here for a little while, I always say this, like, there's only one pastor, Jesus, right? Like, that's like the, the church. There's one pastor. All the rest of us are just like, you know, associate pastors, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> this, is that, this is where that comes from. There's only, there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. I'm pausing there. There's more to that verse. But the whole point is the contrast. Robbers come to take your lives. Hired hands will run away when your life is in jeopardy. But the good shepherd sacrifices his life for you. 
And no one's strong enough to actually take it from him. But he's like, because I love these sheep, because I love these people, I'm willing. The contrast is real. That's what Jesus is getting to. And remember, this is still talking about that full life thing, right? This is still, this is just a continuation of Jesus' thought. For I have authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. I'm not going to go to the next slide for a moment. Because I need us to pull all of what is here into one pot. Because so, so often we hear these portions of Scripture spoken around one another in, in different places. This abundant life piece, Jesus is explaining that those of us who hear the voice of the shepherd and follow experience that abundant life. Those of us who have been scattered, we still have an opportunity to receive. But the truth is, we have to actually be willing to be a part of that sheepfold. There is more to life than your struggling and your striving after being scattered. Some of us gave up on the idea of even being cared for by a shepherd because of these hired hands and these robbers. And we, for some reason, have convinced ourselves, I don't need someone to care for me. I, I'm good. It's just Jesus and I. And here's the thing. Yeah. But he actually, we're supposed to kind of be cared for together. Amen. And that's not... Because sheep are weak, fam. I know that's what social media will tell you. It ain't about the sheep. It's about the shepherd. It's about there's something from the shepherd that you can't get by yourself. Amen. There's something about the shepherd that you cannot do by yourself. The full life that we're striving for and pushing for is not something that I'm going to get without a good shepherd. Amen. There's fullness to this life that I don't have to wait for when I die. I know we may have taught one another that that fullness of life Jesus is talking about is when we're in heaven. That's not a thing. It's now. It's now. Fullness now. Time doesn't matter to you. It's irrelevant. It's fullness now. And I've not, for some of us, that's like, I don't believe it. Try Jesus. He's the good shepherd. I'm telling you. I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you that you'll never have another problem again. No. But I am saying that when you have a problem again, you won't have to stay up all night trying to figure it out. Because there's fullness. I get to be fully present now. I can still go to sleep. And then I can wake up. God, what are we going to do about this? Because... Nothing right now? Okay, well, then I'm going to brush my teeth. 
fullness of life is promised and available to you, those of you who want to be in the sheepfold of the good shepherd. And I know that you have been scattered because there's some robber or some hired hand that hurt you, harmed you, and traumatized you. But I'm telling you, there is a good shepherd that laid down his life for you. Not because he had to and because anybody could take it away, but specifically to show you, I'm not like the other ones. I'm not like the other ones. I'm not like the other leaders. I'm not like the other gods. I'm not like the other under shepherds. You're my sheep. And I care enough to actually be the sacrifice for you. Here's the thing. This is the part where sheep, where the thing kind of gets messy. When I told you it's not about the sheep, sheep got sacrificed. I'm willing to not have to kill you for this process. I'm willing to sacrifice my life. So you get to just be. You get to just enjoy fullness. I'm going to get up again, so don't worry about me. Right? That's what he said. Basically, I'll take it back up. I'm going to get up again, so don't worry about me. Some of you walked in here on empty. And it's because you have been convinced that you needed to figure out how to do this by yourself. You need to heal yourself, and then Jesus will want you. You need to get whole first, and then, then you can come into the fold like, okay, I'm going to just make sure I get my, I'm going to feed up on this grass, and I'm going to be good. I'll be there in a second. I'm just going to eat. I'm going to make sure, okay, was the wool, is it clean enough? Is it great? And that's because somebody lied to you. I'm just going to be honest. Somebody lied to you. They told you that's what you had to do. And that's why we're all scattered out here all over the world without a shepherd. But let me tell you, there is a shepherd that will say, I can, t- I can see that you're emaciated and your wool has not been sheared in about five years and it's all dirty and you have fleas. Come on in here. Let me take care of it. Amen. And will not just show you where to get food. We'll get down, pull up the grass and be like, here. Until you're full. Come here. Don't worry about the fleas. I got them. One by one. Pick them off. I can tell it's heavy. Here, let me cut away all of this death. That's what a good shepherd does. And I know that it's hard to trust him because the ones who said that they were shepherds and the ones who said they were going to care for you failed in their roles. Don't. They're humans. They're imperfect. They're sheep too. And sometimes sheep bite each other. I'm not excusing them, but I am saying we were looking at the wrong ones. They're robbers. They're thieves. And the best at best, all they can do is be a lead sheep. 
there's a shepherd who says you don't actually have to have it together to be a part of this flock. I got it enough together for all of y'all. Come on in here. And you can experience full life now. Not when you're healed, now. Not when the problems go away, now. Not when the fleas are picked off, now. Now, I want to go to this next slide. Forever begins the moment you enter the good shepherd's care. It doesn't begin at your last breath. It doesn't begin at your last breath. Full life forever begins the moment you enter into the shepherd's care. The moment you do. Not when you pulled it together. The moment you enter into the shepherd's care. Some of, I said this last week. Some of us know the story. We're walking around. In some ways, that was a little walking around the story. In some ways, that was a little bit of a foreshadowing to today. Some of us are walking around the sheepfold. I mean, the people of God. We know the story enough to say, I want to get my life together so I can get in there. As soon as I have it together, I'm going to jump in and we gonna, I'm going to praise the Lord. We're going to sing. We're going to dance. It's going to be great. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. Nope. Family, I'm telling you right now, that is not how this works. That's not what the expectation is. The expectation is not you not have it all together. The expectation is that we come in messy and nasty. And the expectation is that we come in and that we're broken. The expectation is that we come in sobbing. The expectation is we come in addicted. The expectation is that we come in smoking, drinking, struggling. The expectation is that we come in dirty and we go out clean. If you come in clean... If you come in clean, you will trick yourself into believing you don't need the shepherd. And here's what ends up happening. You turn into a robber. You turn into a thief. Because your arrogance makes you believe that the people around you that are dirty need you instead of the shepherd. Come in dirty. That's the only way we do this. Some of you are hiding your dirt even now. If I just bleach this part of me. Come in stained. Come in. Some of you are avoiding being a part of the, the family because I can't do this, I can't do that. And we will find so many reasons to not be in the good shepherd's care. And I'm telling you right now, none of those reasons really matter. That's the whole point of this day is that none of them matter. Come in dirty. Come in exhausted. Some of you are like, I didn't sleep all night. I can't go to church. Just come in tired in your pajamas. 
please have pajamas on. But if you don't, somebody will find you something in the back. <laughs> so live, living radically different than the way the robbers and the thieves and hired hands have taught us. But the truth is, that's what it's always supposed to have been. Come in as you are and let this shepherd who has died and rose for you care for you. And you're like, practically, what does that look like? Because I don't actually see Jesus around here with a shepherd's hook. Be a part of the flock. Be a part of the flock. And the way that we all trust God to be moving in us and through us together and Jesus caring for all of us allows for that care for all of us. But it's the moment in which we feel like we have to care for ourselves that we miss and mess up in ways that cause each other pain. But if I know I need Jesus, and I, then I can tell you how much you do too. I'm not going to do like a traditional altar call moment because this sign, this slide is all I need to actually say. Forever begins the moment you enter the good shepherd's care. I said it last week, the moment you know your soul needs something and you trust Jesus with it, that's the moment it happens. So that can happen here on your way home. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. But I do want you to not leave this place, not without the care of a shepherd who actually wants to care for you. Don't leave here trying to figure it out by yourself. Please don't. And so I felt like the only fitting way to actually end was in the Old Testament. Some of us have Psalm 23 tattooed on our soul because your daddy and your mama wouldn't let you tattoo it on your arm. <laughs> and some of you was like, listen, I'm going to do it anyway. No. <laughs> but I actually want us to read this together. And here is the thing. This is not just something to soothe us. Yes, it does. It comforts us. But I also want us in this moment to treat this like a prayer of surrender of myself. I'm willing to stop trying to feed myself and be in this good shepherd's care. I'm willing to stop trying to clean myself and be in this good shepherd's care. I'm willing to stop striving to make myself look holy in front of the other people because there's a shepherd who actually will do that for me.